from Love and Radio, you're listening to The Secrets Hotline at 929secrets. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. Hi, my name is I just heard a man saying how he doesn't know what love feels like. It just clicked in my mind that I honestly, I don't either. I've been in two long relationships. I'm 27 years old. I've had flings on the side. I've actually liked somebody so much and cried over my exes, over my daughter's father. And every time I would get back with my daughter's father, after like a week, I was like, get the hell out, just fucking go. Excuse my French. I I don't know, I, I really think I don't know how to love or to be loved. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, so, uh, all right, I'm just gonna, just gonna fucking say it. I don't have any issues necessarily having sex or, you know, with ED or anything. I'm 26 year old, perfectly healthy, and I have absolutely no problem getting hard and staying hard, but, uh, with this particular partner I have right now, I just can't seem to get hard and stay around with her. And it's reached a point where um, I've resorted to buying uh, Viagra online. And it's something that I feel totally humiliated um, with myself about and it's not something that I feel like I'm able to break past without um, with every other partner I've had there's never been issues with with sex and pleasure and orgasm but with this person in particular um, I just can't seem to stay there and um yeah, and so it's become a big source of insecurity and my way of working through that is to just <laughs> literally take a pill that gives me no other option but to perform. And it's gotten to the point where I keep three in my wallet and three in my bathroom at all times. So. Um, if I anticipate we might be having sex, then I will run to the bathroom to pee and take some pills and yeah, I'll be ready to go. Hi, my secret is that I bought a vibrator and it arrived Monday morning. The big secret is that I haven't told my boyfriend who I live with about it. We really don't have sex very often. It's really hard for us to talk about sex, even though I'm a very sexual person and think sex is a pretty amazing way to explore ourselves. He's like a very private person. He would be like horrified by the thought of me calling this hotline. Sometimes I really worry that this is like a 
fundamental incompatibility. I know a lot of that has to do with the fact that he has a lot of sexual trauma. Uh, he was molested when he was a kid. And so that makes me feel like I can't really push it. Me buying a vibrator was kind of like my last, was me trying to like get rid of any resentment I have towards him about like not wanting to have a more open sex life so that I could kind of like take things my own hand. But it almost feels like cheating because it has that kind of symbolism for me. Like I'm buying it because I would rather be having sex with him, but he's not meeting that need. It's like 4.30 in the morning, and I just decided, fuck it. My secret is, like, nine, ten years ago, I worked with a guy, and he was married, and older, and my boss, technically, not my boss, but my superior, and we got into, like, a really intense relationship, and we fell in love. I thought we fell in love. And I, I, you know, broke it off, of course, because he didn't leave his wife, wouldn't leave his wife. And now, like, 10 years later, we somehow reconnected during the pandemic because we're, I don't know, we're both depressed. And I ended up leaving my husband for him because I'm crazy. And now he won't leave his wife. And nobody knows this, but on the outside, it disappears that I've completely dismantled my life for no reason. It really is because I've been in love with him for 10 years and um, basing all of my decisions on the idea that someday he might actually reach out to me. And then it happened and I was like, oh, okay, well, let me drop everything. It's been literally eating away at me for 10 years and I love him and I don't really give a shit. Life is messy. I was calling, uh my secret not really even a secret uh i'm a chronic alcoholic i've been to rehab for it three times uh five different detoxes and i don't know how to quit i guess all i want in my life is to quit it ruins everything in my life and i don't know what to do. Hi, my secret is that when I'm talking to someone before talking to someone else, when the first person says, oh, say hi from me, or maybe I'm like at a party and I'm texting someone and uh, the person I'm texting says, say hi. I say hi. I never do. And I don't know if anyone is supposed to. And I don't know if I'm supposed to kind of like break the flow of my current situation and be like, oh, by the way, this person says hi. Even if it's someone that the other people would be delighted to hear from and be really happy that they said hi. I always say, yeah, I'll say hi. 
or I just say, yeah, and then I don't say hi. I just keep on going, keep on having the thing I'm having. That's my secret. I'm just remembering when I used to babysit a kiddo and like sometimes babysitting really got to me as a non-mother, like sometimes like it would just frazzle my nerves. And I, it's awful to say this, but it's true. One time the kid would not stop crying and I like squeezed his legs really hard at one point in a moment of anger and frustration. At the end of the day, I think that probably anybody who has a babysitter needs to keep a camera in the house, you know, and like have serious conversations with their babysitter about what to do in those moments because I think we don't really talk about them very much. Like little kiddos who won't stop crying when you're like a non-mom, really for anybody, I think it can, it really can make you feel crazy and do like crazy awful things. Thank goodness I didn't actually hurt him. But I think I was honestly, like, it's awful to admit this, but at the time, I think I was more concerned that his parents would find him, that I had, like, made bruises on him. This is awful to say. I swear to God, I'm not a violent person. Obviously, I'm not babysitting anymore. <laughs> I haven't babysat for years. Hi, I'm a listener of the podcast. Uh, you have a great show, by the way. Um, this is kind of a secret in that only my partner and a close family really know. But all my life, I've had these horrible, violent, intrusive thoughts um, about my pets. I would think, oh, I should just kick the dog down the stairs. And then immediately after, I'd think, no, absolutely, I'm not going to do that. I'm like a huge animal lover. I would never, ever hurt my pets. Or I remember once holding my cousin's baby and thinking I should just crush this baby's head. Sometimes, Sometimes like, it would just frazzle my nerves. Oh my God, I'm not gonna do that. Or um, I'll be driving and think, wow, I should veer my car into um, oncoming traffic and just kill me and the other person in just a burst of flame. Um, and all my life, I thought I was an absolutely horrible person for having these thoughts, even though obviously I would never ever act on them. So I never told anyone about them, including my therapist, because I thought like I would get institutionalized. But last year, I finally confessed to my psychiatrist that I was having these thoughts and how horrible and awful it made me feel. And it turns out that I have obsessive compulsive disorder and that impulsive thoughts like that are a symptom of OCD. Um, and there's sort of a stigma of OCD, like never thought I had it because it's like, oh, well, I don't, you know, lock the door five times before I leave the house or have to turn the lamps off a certain amount of times to not die in a fire or whatever. Some people experience that, but not everyone that has OCD. And so I was just kind of calling to tell anyone who has ever experienced, you know, intrusive thoughts like that. You're not a bad person. Uh, you might just have a mental illness. Maybe talk to someone about it and talking about it will help and help you not feel so bad. Thank you. Bye. Hi, I am here with my partner of two and a half years. And our secret 
is that we talk like most of the time when no one else is around in very weird, silly voices. And so here are a few examples of how we might say, I love you to each other. And one thing that's kind of funny is I've had a voice injury and have a voice therapist and I've never told her that we do this. And I'm always like, I wonder if I should tell her, but I just can't. But anyway, here are a few ways to say I love you. 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 Okay, okay. I love you. I love you. Okay, bye. That's it for the Secrets Hotline, for now. Remember, you can always leave your own secret or any other feedback you have about the show. The number, of course, is 929-SECRETS, or you can leave a voice message at secretshotline.org. Remember, if you change your mind, you can just call back within 24 hours, and I won't publish your call. This episode featured the music of Autisticy and Justin Veris, B. Tweel, Jacek Dorozenko, and Arya Rostami. Check the show notes for links. The Secrets Hotline is a labor of love and radio and made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. If you want to help keep the show going, you can contribute at loveandradio.org member. Or if you don't have any extra cash lying around, you can help the show by writing a review in your favorite podcast app. I'm Nicholas Sardine Punch Punch Vanderkolk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>